0: Hey, this is Peyton Hopp, driver of the U98 Mike's Hard Lemonade in Saturday Night Hydro League, the Hydro Sim Racing League. I am excited to share that the Rooster Tail Talk podcast is a presenting
1: sponsor of the fall series. There will be racing this fall as we take to the virtual lakes around the H1 series with our 10 race season starting on October 3rd. You can watch all 10 races with our streaming service on YouTube under UHL Hydroplanes. Do you want to join in on
0: the virtual deck to deck racing? You can download the HydroSim game at uhlhydroplanes.com. Rooster Tail Talk, a podcast dedicated to everything related to the sport we all love, hydroplane racing. I'm your host, David Newton, and it's time once again, so sit back, relax, and welcome to Rooster Tail Talk. It is September 22nd, 2020, and this is episode 54. Now this summer hasn't been the same for a lot of us. Actually, everyone, right? Everything seems to be canceled. Not as much is going on in the world right now. But it gives us a chance to do some things that we may not have had the time to do. So I talked with Gary Laws, and I talked about some of his summer plans that he had and some of the things that he was doing to help the restoration process with the Squire Shop. He gave us an update on what's going on with the Squire Shop in its current state. But he also talks about a model that he made of that specific Squire Shop and what his plans are to do with that. We talked about what summer was like for him with not having seafare, and what other tidbits he can give us for the Squire Shop restoration. Joining me today, we have Gary Laws joining that podcast once again. It's good to see you again, Gary. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. It's been a, a quiet summer, to say the least, for for me. I'm sure it has been for you as well. How you been hanging in there?
1: Oh, I'm hanging in there good. Uh, as you know, with the world politics, we got noise in other ways, but yeah, uh, yeah no seafare though, unfortunately, yeah. no uh, jet engines and turbine motors and whatnot. So it's it's yeah. been an adjustment for sure.
0: Yeah. What was that like for you? Because you live right down there, like at ground zero for seafare, And I, I really enjoy because you have to park, I don't know, like three miles away from the pit. So I always enjoy <laughs> walking past your house because you always put up a cool display of banners, posters,
1: Yeah, my wife, you know, like a lot of families, does the whole like uh, Christmas thing and get the trees and the lights and, you know, displays (laughs) in the yard for that. And Seafair is kind of like my Christmas in a way for decorating. And yeah, it was a big blow this year. I mean, I didn't do anything outside and I usually go all out, you know, flag banners, the occasional hydroplane piece from a wreck or something, Uh, you know, a little bit of everything. So it was very disheartening not to have that this year yeah for very sure. quiet very quiet too quiet it was almost like the sunday after the race where it's just that sudden stop and then crickets you know but all weekend long was crickets it was really uh different
0: well i remember one year you had the, the squire shop counting out there and that was fun to see but yeah, we- i had the whole boat out there actually twice that's right you did you did yes yes so what's, so what's going on with the squire shop right now what's uh is it um <laughs> pretty, done? Five, pretty much minutes. a lot
1: of nothing right now um guys are probably familiar with Brad Haskin. He's our uh, fiberglass guru. And he's been tinkering on the wing a little bit here and there. But uh, as most people know, the museum's been shut down since COVID and the governor basically ordered those type of facilities to close down for the meantime. So not a lot of traffic in or out, unfortunately. But we were just about at the point to start putting decks on. I mean, we literally just got the plywood, started cutting out some of the shape to get, you know, preliminary fit in that. And then, the world seemed to end at that point. So, um, once, whenever we get back on the horse, it shouldn't take too long. So I would imagine if we're starting again by say January, we should still get it done for next year.
0: Do you have any, uh, end date in mind? When do you want to get that finished? Or is um, everything kind of, kind of on a pause still?
1: Yeah. I mean, right now we, we just can't get all the boots on the ground on it. Um, we're, we're antsy. We're ready to go. You know, we've all been, uh, we have months of, Relaxa- you know, relaxation resting you know so all the overtime a lot of those guys have been putting in on it of uh, well rested now and ready to go back at it but uh, we you know we still want to do a couple tests here and there because when we show up at any, any event we want to make sure all the bugs have been worked out not gonna no offense but pull like an early 80s circus and big to-do and then just kind of put her out so we want to be ready when we go and look good for the crowd
0: all right well i'm looking forward to that date whenever that is hopefully it's Spring 2021. We can see that on the water.
1: Yeah, and um, we're kind of running out of dates in a way because uh, we wanted to do it last year, which would have been the 40th anniversary when it was built, and then we just couldn't get it done. There was so much involved. And then this year would uh, not not really a milestone year, but it was you know 1980 had a lot of accolades then too. But uh, next year will be the 40th anniversary of the last time it appeared as a squire shop. So there's still some significance there. After that, it gets a little muddy.
0: (laughs) Well, let's just plan for next year. How about that? Yes. I hope so. (laughs) All right. I've been excited because I've been following your, you have a squire shop page on Facebook where you've been posting a lot of fun things, including a button set, which I'll I'll talk about later, but you recently finished building a, a beautiful static display model of a squire shop. It's a one-tenth scale, I believe. It, it turned out really nice uh, online. You made a really nice stand for it. Talk us about the process of building that model. And as I understand, you took quite a different approach to building it.
1: Yeah, the, the model is um, extra special to me for, uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, I'll just start back at the beginning. So uh, when I met my wife, Christy, her dad built her uh, pan pack, turbine back in around 81, 82 timeframe. And I, I can't really give a scale, I'll say 24 scale, maybe, you know, 20 inches long or so. And she would play with it out in the yard and, you know, pull it in the grass and like kids did with their bikes, you know. But he built it almost like a trophy, he like don't put a scratch on it. So she could never put it on pavement or anything. It was always out in the grass. But uh, when I met her, I, he showed me that model, she still has it. And I saw it and I was just blown away. I'm like, wow, I've never seen anything like this before this isn't a, you know, a toy in the store. This is a custom, you know, wood carved model. And I'm like, man, I got to learn how to do that someday. And uh, so I talked to him about it and he was like more than happy to show me. And I built a couple by today's standards of what I do. They were very, very crude (laughs) and not very good, but uh, I learned each time and now I think I'm pretty good at it. But, and I built probably maybe 10 or so over the years and I hadn't done it in a while. You get kind of burned out. And I thought, you know, I I should probably build one again, but I just didn't really know what I wanted to make. And then when we were tearing the boat down, the real boat, I still remember uh, how uh, poor condition it was, no lie. It was in rough shape. But we had a scrap heap of all the wood we could not use for anything. It was just not big enough or not uh, sound enough. It was pretty rotted. But I was able to take some good wood from some of the frames and I set it aside. I was like, I'm not getting rid of this. I know I want to use it for something. Either as a fan giveaway or a little trinket, make a little neck chain out of it, something. But I just saved it because you can't get it back once it's gone. Set it aside. And then about a few months later, I had it. And I said, you know, this is kind of taking up a lot of my attic. <laughs> what am I going to do with this stuff, you know? So I said, well, I'm going to cut it down at least into pieces I know I could use for something yeah, and then man. get rid of the rest. So that's what I did, but during the process of cutting it down, I said, like, well, I really don't want to haul this all back in the attic again. I should just make something out of it now. And then I came into my room, and I have one of those old models I had built on the wall. I said, yeah, that would be actually a good idea. What if I could take this wood, somehow splice it all together, and make another model out of it? So that'd be great. Now I wanted to make it for myself. Yeah. And I said, well... I can't get decals for it though, the size I wanted. And I really am horrible at hand painting. I'm the first to admit it, I cannot paint for a damn on letters or numbers or anything like that. So I said, well, let me see if I can get in touch with some of these RC guys. I'm sure somebody would be willing to donate a decal set. Put a few feelers out there and uh, got lucky enough to get in touch with Mike McKnight, uh, ProLine Graphics. And I told him what was going on. And he said, yeah, that'd be great. I can get you a set out. Just all I ask is you show me pictures of it along the way. I said, perfect. Told him uh, I didn't know what I was going to do with it at the time, I just wanted to make it. He's like, all right, awesome. So he sent me the decals. And at that time, I didn't know what scale it was going to be because I wanted to build it for the size of the decals I got. Mm-hmm. So they show up and I'm like, man, these are big. <laughs> <laughs> they were built a model this big before. It's like RC size. Yeah. I'm like, oh boy, so I got some plans from you, ironically enough. Yeah, yeah. And I said, this is I think what size I'm gonna need and got them home and uh, basically taped it all together and cut out the shapes and retraced that out to the wood and kind of gave me an idea how big it was gonna be. But the most involved part of the whole project, honestly, was, um, well, I remember going through 10 sub- uh, bandsaw blades alone, just cutting the wood out. You miss a screw and fry the blade immediately. You think you got you fry another blade? I mean, I don't. God, I went through endless blades that seemed like because you can't plane with a screw or a nail or a staple. So <laughs> anyhow, I got all that out of there. Took the wood down to uh, Sanders uh, sanding disc. Got all the crud, the oils, and the, the um, sealants and whatnot off of it to get it down to raw wood. Then I had to take all that wood cut them into symmetrical shapes, though they all were basically the same shape for each other, blew those down to a solid board, just so it would hold together, right? Just to get a solid shape, cut out the hydro shape, and then just start whittling away. And that was way more of an undertaking than I ever imagined because um, there was, uh, God. just the deck alone probably had 30 pieces of square wood in it. Most of them no more than four or five inches long, inch or two, you know, thick, and the grain going every which direction you can imagine. So yeah. if anybody who's done any kind of woodworking, you don't want to go against the grain. So you can imagine a, a hodgepodge of grain in there, and I'm yeah. trying to do it without chunking it out or gouging it or frying the blades, and it's it was a chore. But you got to go slow, and it took a long time. I would say I've been working on this like six months, at oh, least. Oh, man. Little here, little there, because it can get very frustrating. It's not just a weekend project, you know. Do a little bit at a time. And at the end of the day, I ended up having, ironically enough, seventy-nine pieces. Individual pieces of wood in this model. That's not counting filler or glues or sealants, none of that stuff. Just pure wood, 79 pieces.
0: Dang. But it's so it's a it's a solid boat then. So it's, yeah, it's 100% it's a solid, solid.
1: Yes, the yeah. only thing not on there that is not wood is the windshield. Yeah, man. And, well, there's one more thing. And the exhaust. I had to kind of fabricate, that is a story too. I had to fabricate that out of plastic, but okay. that's it. Exhaust and the windshield glass. I even hand carved the wheel out of wood.
0: So, so all, all the pieces except for the windshield and the exhaust are from the original boat?
1: Not all of them. I would say at least probably, Almost half. Okay. I mean, some pieces just were not that thin or just that wide or big or whatnot. I just, I couldn't do it if I wanted it to look right. It, I could have done it, but it would look twisted and kind of weird. So I was like, you know, I'll do what I can. Yeah. The main guts of the hull are original. It's just like wings and things like that. I've had to get different wood, but yeah. And the best part when I painted it, now when I paint a model, I like to seal everything. I don't want right. to see any seams, any, any kind of breaks in the wood, any grains, anything like that. I want it to look like plastic when it's done. This one, I, I went a little different way. I um, had a few suggestions. We were like, well, you should leave a bare spot of original wood just peeking through the paint. You should do this. You should do that. <laughs> I said, you know, that would be cool, but it's not going to look as visually striking to me if I left a little section of not done. So I said, what could I do to please both people? And what I did in the process of sealing it is I, I held off on one extra coat. What I mean by that is if from about three feet away, you look at the model, it looks pristine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like you can see any kind of grain or separation. Get up close though, even with your hand, you can just kind of rub your hand across it and you can feel the little bitty bumps oh, okay. where the brakes are. You can sit and look at a certain angle and see where the separation is. So that'll give whoever gets the model that look of, yeah, I could see the original wood right here. I could see where it was pieced in here. In a weird kind of way. It almost looks like a real boat because a lot of the real boats are kind of built that way. (laughs) Piece it here, piece it there, fix it there. So that gives it some more uh, genuineness, I guess, to the model. So I thought it was a cool extra little touch.
0: Yeah, I like that. There's something else unique about the boat, right?
1: Yeah. um, The exhaust part was kind of an afterthought. And I thought the model looked great by itself, but I wanted to just give it that extra little something. And I said, it's, I wanted it to just, I mean, be impressive to look at, but then to see this next piece and just go, wow, that, that just puts it over the top. And uh, what I did there was I, I made the exhaust and then I fabricated a box. So it's basically a tube that will feed into this box that will uh, filter oil, not oil, smoke. Through the exhaust, It'll give it the effect that it's running. Yeah. So, so, how can I do that? I thought about, well, I could do dry ice, but how do I get the pressure to push it up and out? Will it look right? No, that wasn't going to work. And I did a little bit of checking online and I found uh, some of the RC tanks used with a smoker, like a smoke machine, kind of like a fog machine on a miniature scale. And I watched a few YouTube videos on that and I'm like, you know, that would work really well. It fires out just enough kind of a burst it's not a steady fire of smoke it's just kind of a pumping effect i'm like that's exactly what i'm looking for
0: nice.
1: it takes months to get it though i had to get it from poland of all places oh my
0: god yeah so <laughs> i got
1: it here and experimented a little bit with the voltage to get the right amount of pressure and oh man once i got it working though it was amazing i was like you just stand back and watch it it's like almost like a real engine it slowly starts to filter out a little bit at a time and then it just starts going and it's like man that is so cool then when I brought it out on the water for those photos, it, it really made it just sitting there smoking out. I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool, kind of geeked out a little bit, but
0: yeah,
1: yeah, it's really cool. Well,
0: it's, it's a beautiful model, and, I, and you mentioned that you had it in Lake Washington, and I believe it was actual Seafair weekend. Yeah, I thought that you would be out, out there. That.
1: So there's nothing going on yeah. Seafair weekend down there that actual day, and I said, you know, I'm going to bring the model out if nothing else. There's going to be a hydro on the water. <laughs> you know, uh, in the pits on Seafair Sunday. So I brought it down there. And I honestly, I didn't even think it was going to float. This thing weighs a ton. And I brought it out there and I'm like, I'm going to lay in the water. I hope it don't sink, you know, and it it floated enough. But yeah, I got some beautiful backdrop photos with the bridge in the background, mountains, whatnot. So tried to get some shots where it looked like it could have been a real boat sitting out there. And then some just because, but yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I had a lot of people complimenting it. Some people looking at it, they're like, "Hey, does it run? Does it this and that?" i and like, "Well, not exactly, but looks cool."
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, it, so it's a solid piece basically for that boat. How much does that weigh?
1: Uh, my last time I weighed it before I put paint on it, it was around 35 pounds. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, it's big and heavy, and yeah, original wood throughout, and that's some really hard wood. It, yeah. State about it.
0: All right. Well, what? What's the model going to be used for? Is this going to be a display piece for the museum? Is it, what's your intent for the model?
1: Well, the original intent was I wanted to keep it for myself. I mean, I put a lot of time into this thing, but that was the original intent. That quickly went away, mostly from the suggestion of my wife, because of the sheer size of this thing. She's like, you yeah, know, this is not going in the house. I appreciate how nice it is, but no, it's not going to happen. I said, all right, what am I going to do with it then? So I started thinking about it, and I said, well... Museums got their auctions coming up. This was probably January time frame. So they gave me time to get it done. I said, what if I put it into their auction? Because we were supposed to have the Squire theme this year, at their okay. big annual gala. And then, well, COVID happened and there went that. But that was the plan. So I was like, well, I can get it done in time for that. When we can auction it off, museum get all the proceeds. Win-win for me because, A, I get the satisfaction of just building it. And it also helped be a display piece for the event, like a backdrop or up on a table with guests, you know, things like that. So it would it would do its part as a promotional tool, and then some lucky person would take it home with them, with a hand truck or wagon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or several people carrying it out. Yes, exactly, exactly. Right. Well, unfortunately, the auction this year, I mean, COVID kind of canceled everything. They're gonna try and have an all online, auction are you going to have yeah, it for sale this year or are, you to, are you going to keep it for next year and have it for the in-person? i wanted to
1: keep i want to keep it for the squire event i mean that's honestly why i built it was to go yeah. as more of an in-person draw than online i mean it just can't be appreciated bidding on a picture yeah or a video i mean you got to see it in person it's it is very important that that happens for me at a live event but i am supplementing it with something else for their live auction this year
0: so what, so what are you going to have? Can you speak to what's going to be available at the auction this year? I have a
1: list from the museum, uh, probably their normal stuff, like, you know, rides in Chelan and maybe like some Seahawks tickets, you know, they're big money things that you do typically every year. But, um, something I'm going to do is um, I recently created a a commemorative button series to Squire Shop history. And how that came about was I was looking for, promotional tools we could use for the project, while also honoring the past, its heritage, you know, in the sport and in just in the community. And I originally wanted to start out with uh, like 10 different buttons, just a short little thing. And then I struggled for the longest time, of which 10 pictures do I possibly narrow it down to? I mean, am I making this a boat project? Am I making it a store project, an employee's project? I mean, it just, the list was so huge and then I said well I, if I want to do it right I just gonna I'm gonna just start putting pictures in there and I got like 200 pictures I'm like there's no way I'm not making 200 buttons you know yeah. so I said well I could do 100 even that's pretty high but I said if I just don't make a lot of them I'm not flooding the market only the hardcore fans would want them so I said no, I'll just do that I'll narrow it to 100 pictures I'll do a variety of themes. I'll do some boat stuff, employees, personalities, things like that. So I narrowed it down, and uh, yeah, I made uh, 25 sets to date. I have it uh, slated for 50. I'll never make any more than 50. I may never make more than 25. Yeah. But I I, I swear I would never make more than 50. So I got all the artwork for that. But 50, or 25 I already made, and the best part about it, and the hardest part about it, was I set some aside, 10 of select buttons each. And I had uh, various personalities of the sports history autograph them. So they're autographed buttons. And um, if you buy a complete set, you get five random buttons. And still working on how to get extra signed buttons for a later date. COVID kind of, again, ruined that too. more of a live event type thing. But yeah, I'm going to donate a set of full uh, 100 buttons. And what's unique with the auction for the museum is there'll be one of every possible signed button included in that set as well. Wow! Every possible variant you will get in that auction.
0: So it's a very rare set you'll you'll have a chance auction or to bid on. Yeah, yeah you will get every button
1: there is in that set. Yep and then next year I'm going to follow it up with another hundred set which will be just restoration stuff. So it'll be being built, some of the people involved in that, a reunion of past people with the the team and the employees coming live together you know for events and I'll capture all of that and make a supplement series of the former glory the career and then going forward nice. so kind of wrap it all together
0: nice well it's a beautiful set that you made there's some great shots on that collection kind of unique photos but also you know the boats on the water but you go past that to the personalities involved yeah and and
1: that's a big part of it to me um a lot of people if they go like online or even just at events and go hit the shores you know the vendors all you see are the boats themselves really right various states of racing or cranes or in pits or whatnot but or drivers even but you never see the crew you know and they're the they're the unsung heroes they're the guys who make it happen who don't get nearly the recognition they should (laughs) and they don't and i wanted to recognize everybody involved so i've got a ton of uh, shots of crew members in action as well as individual buttons. So you'll see the Kelly Stocklin out there and the Jerry Zuvich and you know things like that. You'll also see uh the Squire Girls, which people may or may not remember them. They used to accompany the boat to various public events, kind of like the uh the cheerleaders of the day for the team. So attract tracked a bunch of them down, um, original owner, Bob Style, good buddy of mine. Designer, builders, drivers, you know, you name it. Steve Reynolds even signed a button for circus as the rival boat. You know, so yeah, uh, Ross Schaefer. People in the Seattle area may remember Ross Schaefer from Almost Live. He was actually with the Squire camp back in the early 80s as a PR guy. Yeah. Good friend of Chip. So he signed a button too. So yeah, they're all over. Fran Muncie, good friend of Bob's. Some people didn't realize that. So yeah, there's a whole variety of people. That participated in this project and tracking them down was no easy task. Believe you me.
0: Oh, I bet. I bet. Well, yeah. it's a fun set. Is are there any more available that people can purchase, or is it? Yeah, just-
1: I'm about half sold out. I've probably okay. got about ten or so sets left of the first okay. twenty five. So if you want one, um, I can just give you the website. You can just go to www79 squireshopweeblycom and just look under the marketplace section. You can find the information how to get yours there.
0: All right. I'll put that in the information box for this episode as well. So if listeners want, they can go there to find more information about the restoration, but get the button set as well. Yeah. Well, is it going back to the auction, I really want to know, is there going to be any rides auctioned off for getting a ride in the Squire shop?
1: Um, I have not heard that. That sounds like a great idea. I'll definitely bring it forward to powers of B on that, but um, I don't see why they wouldn't. All right. I mean, obviously, you got to work the bugs out for you to put anybody in that seat, you know, for a ride. But yeah, I would imagine so that uh, possibly like, Chelan next year might be a first time for people.
0: Sounds right. like a good idea to me. Yes. Well, it's, yeah, it sounds good to me as well. I'm just trying to figure out my way. Somehow I can get a way in, into get a, a ride <laughs> in that boat. So do you have any other, other items that you're supplementing to help with the support, the restoration that you're selling?
1: Yeah. So um, again, so my job on the team is um, the, technically I'm the team manager, which I perceive that to be as the promotion guy. I got to take care of the, the team so they can focus on the boat. They don't have to worry about all this other stuff. So that's kind of my job. And uh, one of the things I focus on pretty heavily is promoting the project. So um, the museum guys have their uh, Facebook page. we devoted to the restoration itself, just working on the boat. I have a follower, a secondary supplement page, Squire Shop Racing, which kind of covers what the website does, but in more real time, which is finished photos, updates of various Squire activities, not just the boat being restored. So everything else covered is on that site, but I have to promote the project, and the way to do that is online publicity, like we just spoke about, also in merchandising. Now, I don't know if anybody's ever tried to go online on eBay or Craigslist or even yard sales, Goodwills, whatnot. There's just not Squire stuff out there. I mean, there was tons of it back in the day. I mean, I've got so many pictures of their booths and they're you know, down in the pits with mile high shirts and shorty shorts and you name it, man. It was, they were selling it, you know, but that stuff's pretty much non-existent now. And I said, I can't really promote it if you can't find it. So I said, that's the next best thing is I'm going to have to make it. And I had some uh, money set aside and I'm taking, I took a big risk and I said, well, I'm pretty confident that if I invest up front, I will at least make it back. And that's my whole goal is to make it back. Once I made it back, then I said, okay, where would I like it to go forward? Quickly came to the decision of that, well, since the museum's nonprofit and I want us to look good too as a crew, so we're gonna get some good crew uniforms. So I started putting the money towards that. So I had, to do that, I had to have patches made. I had to have embroidery work done. I had to order the shirts themselves. I and mean, so it's a process, as any team would know. But it's all self-funded, basically, from all the fans. And they, what do they get out of it? They get the shirt. They couldn't just go buy it, the Sears or Jason Penney's. They, they get a brand-new shirt, not a 40-year-old shirt, you know, or a hat, or a, pin, a lapel pin or you know, something like that. You know, I'm, I pretty much created stuff that the Hydro community has come to embrace over the years as a staple, like buttons, hats, you know, like I mentioned. So mm-hmm. yeah, I created what was just unavailable to people. And that's what I've done.
0: Well, you, you have some nice shirts that you sell now. and uh, I got my, my own shirt from your collection there. I actually, a funny story, I actually was wearing it down in Kent area. Okay. And someone stopped me and said, hey, that's a, that's a pretty old shirt you got on there. And I said, no, it's actually a new one that, that's from oh, on okay. the restoration. Another fun item that you're, you're selling for your collection.
1: Well, one thing I did notice, uh, and you could probably agree with me about the old shirts, is I don't know what it is, but the shirt sizing back then is not what it is. <laughs> no, it's not. I see an extra large shirt back there, and I'm like, was this an extra large for a kid? Or was this an adult? They're like, well, this is an adult. I'm like, I don't believe it because this thing is so small. <laughs> So i don't yeah. even think they made anything you could wear
0: today to be honest with you no
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't know if you can say what yeah. you want know about society but that's reality
0: yeah yeah <laughs> well is there anything i know it's times are tough right now for the museum with having to be shut down how else can fans help and support not only the museum but the efforts to restore the square shop what can they do right now to help out
1: um uh, well speaking of the museum i mean you can always donate to the cause i mean they're. they're they're never going to turn you away if you want to help out in monetary, you know, reasons. And if you can't do that, uh, word of mouth is huge. You know, tell your friends about the project. You know, tell them about the sport itself. Uh, show them an update on your phone. It's not that hard. You just pull it up, and say, "Hey, check this out. Look what these guys are doing." You know, a lot of it is just uh, speaking about it, talking, learning. You know, telling you to go here, go there, check it out. You know, and if you reach one person who reaches another person, you know, mission accomplished. It's just like, like anything. It'll spread. So, uh, yeah, you can help out in those kinds of ways. You know, if you want to pick up a shirt and wear it around, show your friends, you know, that helps as well, too. It's just one big billboard, right?
0: Really, right, well, really appreciate having, uh, having you on, Gary. It was good talking with you. And yeah. I really hope, well, I'm going to say, I'm not hope, I'm going to say I'm looking forward to seeing the Squire Shop on the Water next year and having Seafair back here in Seattle.
1: Yeah, it's going to be awesome next year. I think uh, people will appreciate it more, especially when it's taken away, you know, for that year layoff. I think you'll have a huge crowd next year, and that which is good for day. me because
0: bringing the boat out, you know, first yeah. time.
1: So bigger the crowd, the better. So I love it.
0: Yeah, let's have a big audience for the – for see the Squire Shop out there.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping for a sea
0: of red shirts and when that boat comes out, you know, big uh, fanfare there you go all right well stay safe take care and we'll see you out the races next year all right thank you for having me well i hope you've enjoyed our episode make sure you come back next week to listen to our next episode we release new episodes every tuesday at 5 a.m pacific standard time also don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player as well as rate and review your experience for more updates on hydro news check us out on social media we're on the major players facebook twitter and instagram Rooster Talk is also online with our website, www.roostertailtalk.com. On the website, you can sign up for an email subscription list to get notifications on upcoming episodes, hydro news, podcast updates, and much, much more. Finally, this is a free podcast to all of our listeners. And if you're really enjoying your experience and want to help us to continue to grow and expand, please donate. You can find a link to donate through PayPal on our website through the support tab. So until next time, I hope to see you at the races.